It's our pleasure right now to be joined by new Colts assistant coach. He's now coaching defensive lineman. Nate Ollie is with us. I'm Matt Taylor with J.J. Stangovitz from Colts.com. Coach, first off, welcome to Indianapolis. How's it going? Man, it's going great, man. I am excited. Excited to be here. Excited to be in the building. Uh, everybody here is such great people, man. I'm just excited to be here. Looking forward to it. No question about it. So take us through this opportunity. How did this come about for you, and how did you, uh, or how, how exciting was this opportunity to jump at it to come over to the Colts? Oh, it was, it was very excited, man. First of all, just got to give thanks to God. Uh, God, you know, blessed me with this opportunity to be able to come here and to coach up a great group of guys. All right, so just came down here for the interview. Uh, kind of, we're gonna come with this aggressive style up front. Uh, I think it's intriguing to everybody. Uh, coming from that tree, we did it in Philadelphia uh, when I was there for two years and did it with the Jets. We're talking about attacking and coming off the ball, sure. and that comes up with that opportunity. What did you learn in, in your time coaching some of those players, like you know a Fletcher Cox, a Brandon Graham, about your own coaching style and your own way to kind of you know coach up that aggressive mindset? The first thing that starts off is just being coaching those guys is about relationships. All right, kind of relationships and getting to know those guys, getting to know their wives' name, getting to know their kids' name, and building that relationship and that trust for them to just get to know me. And after that, all right, once they get to know you and they know that you trust them and they care for you, you could you could tell them, man, I cut off that. We talk about the mentality that we want to play with. I open that door, and you got to be willing to run through a dark room and come up with that attack and aggressive style mindset. Mm-hmm. And it all starts with the first, with just building that relationship and trust. All right, so you played at Ball State, then you go to Tennessee, Eastern Kentucky, then you make the jump to the NFL. How did your time in college prepare you for the Jets, the Eagles, and now this move to Indianapolis? How beneficial was that for you? It was very beneficial, especially starting off at the University of Tennessee. Uh, coach, like a, got a couple guys that's in the league from that, from that, uh, from me being in there for three years. We got like Daryl Taylor. Coach them, Derek Barnett, mm-hmm. uh, Khalil McKenzie, Shaw Tuttle, just a couple guys that played in the NFL and just being in that SEC, right? We call about SEC is like the pinnacle of, you, you see, I'm doing a coach like the pinnacle of college football as we talk about it and just being able to coach those guys. And uh, it actually was pretty good. Um, like the last, so it was kind of, it kind of sucked because Bush Jones got fired. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then uh, Brady Hoke became the, the interim coach and then Brady Hoke which was good like was it's we call it like bittersweet or kind of sucked a little bit but I was able to be the NMD line coach mm-hmm. for the past like two games so that was able for me to get a chance to go in there and to run you know to run my own room and to be with those guys and we played pretty well and those guys plays hard what, what did you learn you know just through that experience then about commanding that room and and how to you know have that presence as the guy who's leading that room uh just learn like that's basically what I kind of learned from uh, just having that trust and those guys just getting to know you and and, and build that relationship. Because right. when I went to Eastern Kentucky, right, that was like the first time, my mm-hmm. full time, uh, running a room. And I'll be honest, what I learned from that, I didn't I didn't come out and try to build trust uh, in there. Like I came in and you know, like this is how we doing it. This is you know, mm-hmm. you you think about this, this is the command and its presence. But now we're in a new age. You know, we're in a new age. I'm part of that new age. Like I'm still young. I'm I'm in that new age. No doubt. And it's about building that trust and having those guys know that you care for them, you know. So I'm like, okay, Nate, I know that's how you got coached, mm-hmm. right, growing up, but it's it's different, right? Like I kind of just had to follow by the golden rule, right, just treat others the way you want to be treated. Well, it's, it's fascinating. I want to pick up there because you, you talked about it a little bit, but being from college and now two different stints in the NFL – 
what can you do with the guy in college that you can't do with the guy in the NFL? How, how do you coach him differently? How do you compartmentalize just the, the two different levels of football, if you will? Uh, that's interesting. So when I first got to the NFL, I'm kind of giving a story, but when I first got to the NFL, I was thinking like, okay, like I'm like I'm 20, I'm 27, mm-hmm. right? Probably 27, 26. Like, man, what? How I'm a coach of uh, Fletcher Cox, uh, Brandon Graham. These right. guys are older than me, mm-hmm. right? So then when I get up here, I get up to the NFL. I'm like, it's, it's no different. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really no different. You just you you just build trust, right? The same that's how we just build trust. Get those guys to know you care for them, and you got to know what you're talking about too, right? <laughs> they can trust you. They can trust you all they want. But if you don't know what you're talking about, right? You're not gonna get nothing out of them. But you know, you build trust. And, and that's how it all starts with, man. It's about relationships. I'm real big on relationships and not yeah. fear. Because fear is basically false evidence appearing real. There you go. So just relationships <laughs> and not fear. Do you, do you notice those guys want to be coached? I mean, you talked about the great oh, ones. They, the they great thrive ones, on that. The, the great ones, you'll see they want to be coached. Yeah. They want you to coach them up. They want to get better. They're gonna. The great ones are going to come to your office. Right, they're gonna to come to your office and say, "Hey, coach, what can I do better? You got an extra cut up for me? You got that in there?" Like those, the great ones really want to do be coach, and then the ones that don't, right? They're not great. Like those, are the ones that you say something to them, they kind of mm-hmm. mope and they moan. Right? You can tell those guys don't want to be great, but you still push them. You bring them along, you know, and you try to get the best out of them. What about like coaching hard? I mean, you got to keep it real with these guys yeah. when when you're coaching an All Pro, a Pro Bowler, mm-hmm. uh, a first round pick. You know, you've coached all those guys. When you coach them hard, you got to be able to keep it real, but also be firm. Like, how, how do you go about that? Yeah. So basically, you, like you, you you start off right. You start off, and you have you got to have great energy, you know, and juice, right? Great energy and juice. And when I say like, you can always, all these guys want to get coached hard. When, when mm-hmm. I say like, you correcting guys and you doing that, and they want to get coached, like that's that's coaching hard, right? Mm-hmm. I see sometimes we think of coaching hard as somebody's yelling and and really like cussing somebody out, mm-hmm. and that's not that's not like my style. Like, I'm gonna get on you. Like if you do something wrong, I'm gonna tell you do it wrong, right? I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm gonna grab your face mask, and get in your face. No, right? I'm not. But I'm gonna let you know that you did something wrong, and we want to all be. If you want to be great, you want to be better. You allow yourself to get coached, and that's part of like the coaching hard. So you've got a you got a range of players in this room that you're mm-hmm. coming into here in Indianapolis. You got some first round picks. You got Quiddy Pay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got Dio Dangbo. You know, a rising talent. You got DeForest Buckner, a multi time Pro Bowler. What do you think of the room and and getting your arms wrapped around some of the talent you're going to be coaching here? Man, this is that's why I'm so excited, right? <laughs> that's why I'm excited, man. Like this is a great room, man. We got a lot of talent in this room, and then all the guys you name. We got Quiddy. Uh, talk to him. He's excited. Got Buck. He's excited. Buck played in this system, mm-hmm. uh, like this attack style yeah. system in San Fran. So Buck's excited. Uh, you got Groves excited. Like I'm, everybody I'm talking to, right? Like Louis, like even like some of the free agents, like they's excited. Like Lewis, Muhammad, like all mm-hmm. these guys are excited to be in this room. And I'm excited to work with these guys, like Ben, and like just excited to work with these guys and be able to. We talk about just take that seatbelt off, mm-hmm. right? That's how we're gonna play, right? You want to talk about how we're gonna play? We're gonna take that seatbelt off. We're going to be taking the thinking out, and we are attacking. I'm a train on my track, and I'm ready to go. Like, you get on my track, you get messed up. So as you're saying this, Nate, you know, you coached with Robert Sala last year in New York. Sala was the defensive coordinator of DeForest Buckner in San Francisco. Some of those same principles that Sala brought to New York that have now kind of influenced you, you're now bringing here to Indianapolis with DeForest Buckner. Um, Is that kind of where that, you know, take the seatbelt off mentality comes from? Uh, yes, it really originated 
if I keep the big history behind it, because it'd be like a long story. I learned it when I first got to Philadelphia, mm-hmm. right? This the the uh, Jim Schwartz, like the Jim Washburn, like kind of vented mm-hmm. like yeah. this front, yeah. right? Like Jim Washburn vented, vented this front, like kind of just taking your seatbelt off and going to attack. Because I used to teach, like growing up in college, Tennessee, East Kentucky, just kind of like a read, just kind of read step and you read with it, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of most of the NFL is like just catching and reading. And then when I got to the NFL and when I got to Philadelphia, Right, that's when I'm like, whoa. Like, I don't want to teach this any other way. Mm-hmm. You telling me I could just let these big boys go off and go? Right, that's like, man, that's, that's go. Like, that's when I learned that. So I was there for two years, and that's what helped me uh, get to the to the Jets. Okay, we mm-hmm. got this young guy that's know the system. He knows attack. Boom, right? Let's go. Because everybody's like, they're intrigued with it, but sometimes everybody don't want to be full committed to it because it is different. You are telling this guy to go. He's on his line and he's attacking. And that's why I'm happy just to be here with Gus. Like Gus, we said we committed to it. Mm-hmm. We're going to be in the nine. We're going to attack and we're going to go. And it's really excited about it. That's Nate Ollie. He's the defensive line coach for the Indianapolis Colts, spending some time with us. And JJ brought up the young guys the Colts have in your unit, uh, Quiddy Pay and Dio Dengbo. And, and coach, they always say it, it takes a year or two you know, for the light bulb to go off for young pass rushers in the NFL as they make that big jump from, from college football to the NFL. Why is that position group like that? Why, why does it take a year or two for, for guys to really kind of come into their own, so to speak? Because it's just, like, it's just different, like taking that jump, uh, just basically learning just to be a pass rusher. Pass rusher is like it's an art. Uh, it's a form. You have to break it down. You have to teach it. And uh, just that's why some guys just takes longer, right? And some of the game speed, like it speeds up mm-hmm. for guys. And you're just kind of just getting adjusted and getting used to it, just learning what what's your move. Because sometimes, like you could get around the lesser athletes, and you just you just use speed, right? I just go around, bam! I'm just faster. I can use speed. Now it's like okay, now I got to be able to use my hands, right? Now I got to be able to do my steps right. Now I have to play a chess match to set up my moves. So that's what it comes to with the guys just learning that. So, Nate, you're joining a team that's got quite a history of pass rushers. You know, Robert Mathis is a Hall of Fame semifinalist this year. Dwight Freeney is going to be on the ballot next year. Those are, you know, two of the the big dudes here. What do you know about the the history of the pass rush here in Indianapolis and some of the success that this organization has had at that position? Man, just growing up with the Colts and you think of the defensive line with the Colts, like those are two names that come to mind, right? Those guys, no no doubt, right, in our minds in here, these guys are going to be in the Hall of Fame. Just the, the the rush, just come like the white friendly with the the killer spin move, right? With the speed and the juice coming <laughs> off the edge. You talk about like speed and juice coming off the edge. You think of those two guys, right? Mm-hmm. And you talk about the NFL, like Robert Mathis and the white friendly, and you just excited, man. Just excited to just be a part of this organization, to see the value that this organization have in the defensive line, and having that history with the white friendly and uh, Robert Mathis, man. It excites me. You talk about. I want to go back to the relationship conversation we were having earlier. I mean, again, you talked about this. You're a young guy. You're 30 years old, and here you are, the defensive line coach for an NFL team. How do you think that translates with just relating to players? You know, just being on the same level as them and being able to communicate. You know, they're dealing with things like social media and and pressure from fans and things like that. That maybe an older coach couldn't sympathize with but you, you get it considering you are a younger guy how do you think that helps you communicate week in and week out in the NFL uh helps me it helps out a lot because you kind of just know uh these guys going through a lot more just than just football like you kind of mentioned like social media uh people back home 
uh, all these other things that these guys dealing with. Sometimes uh, mental health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you're right. And those things those guys dealing with, you just, you know, I just, a lot of us, not just me, a lot of people just understand they're dealing with more than this football. Like, it's more to life than football. And it's helping those guys out and it's giving, you know, come down, sit and lunch. Hey, man, what's up? Come talk to you mm-hmm. and sit down. And, like, I was talking uh, with DT that works here. Like, we want to do something, like, with the defensive line, just, like, development. Not even, like, development. Let's go out. Let's go to Top Golf before um, before we start OTAs, right? When I get my house here and let's have a cookout over my house. Like, that's the type of bonding and relationship that – that we need to do here, especially with the defensive line. So Grover Stewart's got some pretty legendary wings that he makes. They're featured on Hard Knocks last season. So he's he's gonna have to bring over his <laughs> yeah, wings. Yeah, he his, he, his sauce. he was coming at me a little bit can when you I was grill? telling him. I, can you I lay told down? him I can grill, and he was like, "And I can you cook?" He was like, "Cause I can really cook." And then when he started naming that he cooked pies, I said, "Okay, yeah, you can really." I never cooked a pie, so I said, "You can really cook." Like I can cook a little bit. I don't cook any pies. All right, Coach, before we let you go, how does it uh, feel to be back in Indianapolis, right? Back in the state of Indiana, kind of where it all started uh, in Muncie in your college days. Man, it's exciting, man, especially uh, my wife's from here. Mm -hmm. Uh, My wife cheered here. Mm -hmm. And I kind of brag on her a little bit. She was a Pro Bowl cheerleader like her last year. And uh, just being here, like, India is my second home. It's like my second home, played at Ball State, got married at the Regents Tower, like right downtown. it's just it's exciting to be back. Chicago's three hours away. Yeah. So it's very just exciting to be back in my second home, being the state of Indiana. Hey, on a Saturday night in Muncie, where are you going? Where, home. Where are you going? <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. That's not what I would have said, but great answer, Coach. Hey, really great to uh, get to know you a little bit. Thanks for stopping by, and uh, best of luck here in Indy. I appreciate it.